can open our study. Somebody would like to get that? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 18. Uh, Dennis would do that for us. So, uh, in this passage of Scripture, is a very interesting list of uh, uh, human attitudes and, uh, and failings. There's a tremendous mistake in this generation to create God uh, in our own image. We want to uh, make a God that pleases us. We want to make a God that fits in with our agenda. And the greatest mistake of this generation is casting aside the Bible revelation of God. Then editing and uh, uh, out of our own desires, out of our own uh, emotional and sentimental uh, desires, we want to uh, make a God that pleases us. And that in large numbers of people is a feminine deity. And the buzzword of our generation is the word love. This is the buzzword without giving it any definition or meaning or bringing it into biblical uh, balance. And so here is a picture of God. Uh, this is uh, how God feels. This is how God reacts. And we want to uh, study that for several weeks uh, because the Bible says in, in 1 John that God is love. And this is true, but he hates. And so our generation has a very difficult time coming to grip with a God who judges, a God who will cast people into hell, a God who will rebuke, a God who doesn't fit in with all our little desires and emotional tirades and uh, conceptions that please us. And many churches are built by catering uh, to the preferences of human uh, desire. Uh, they uh, couch this under felt needs. Uh, they will uh, boldly advertise and uh, say that uh, their, uh, their agenda and their aim is to minister to people's felt needs. And God nowhere in the Bible uh, gives us that indication. Uh, he does not even indicate that that's a, a part. He does love us. He cares for us. But he's uh, far more interested in getting us to heaven uh, than he is in, in meeting our felt needs. So uh, we're going to work through this, and uh, I'd like for uh, Dennis to read this, Proverbs 6, 16 through 18. Okay, we're going to work through that list uh, in the succeeding weeks. We want to uh, deal with the first one that we have there, and I want uh, several uh, scriptures right in this section here. If you'll help me, Isaiah chapter 14. Somebody like to help me in that? Steve Garfield. Isaiah 14, 12 through 17. I want Ezekiel 28, 2 through 5. Somebody would like to get that for me. Ezekiel 28, uh, 2 through 5. Uh, Yvette, if you'd get that for me. I want Ezekiel 28, 12 through 17. Uh, if uh, Sean would get that for me. Uh, then I want Revelations 12, 7 through 10. Uh, it's a Steve uh, Welsh. So we want to go back a bit. Uh, if we can, into ancient history before uh, the creation of the present world. And we want to examine the subject of pride from biblical history. And here in these passages, you find a subtle but a very uh, uh, powerful revelation of the uh, sin of pride. And this is the sin of Lucifer. Uh, Lucifer had a very high position in heaven. And this is outlined for us, uh, and he had a peculiar relationship also 
to planet Earth. Isaiah 14, 12 through 17, in a loud, clear voice, if you will. Okay, this is a very interesting uh, passage. This and uh, Ezekiel, uh, the two passages in Ezekiel, deal with Lucifer in his uh, uh, pre-fall condition. And it outlines uh, for us, puts it in a, in a historical setting, and yet uh, all Bible scholars agree that in these passages of scriptures, God is subtly outlining uh, the sin of Lucifer in heaven, gives us some insight into his position, though we don't have a lot of, uh, of knowledge concerning that. Uh, this is couch for us. And his sin was that he wanted to be above the throne of God. He wanted to exalt himself above God. If you will work on through this also uh, is the sin of the garden. Ezekiel 28, 2 through 5. Uh, Yvette, would you read that for me? All right, here we have the scripture again. Your heart is lifted up. Here's the sin of pride. I, uh, Ezekiel, rather, uh, 28, 12 through 17. And then Revelation 12, 7 through 10. Steve Welch. Okay, here we have uh, several uh, pictures. They're scattered throughout uh, the biblical revelation. This gives us some insight into this created being named Lucifer or Satan or the devil. And this is the, uh, uh, the essence of uh, pride. And this is what brought us into the present calamity of the fall of the human race. He brought this into the garden. God creates Adam and Eve. He brings uh, order uh, to the earth. You can read that in the book of Genesis. Then he uh, creates our first parents. And into that garden, <coughs> excuse me, came Lucifer. And as he came there, he came with a specific desire and design to tempt and to deceive Adam and Eve. We need uh, Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Uh, somebody over on this side over here would like to read that for us. Michael Ramirez, uh, Genesis 3. 1 through 6. If you'll, uh, if you'll think for a moment, uh, uh, the reason for this intense hatred, this uh, absolute desire uh, to destroy uh, this man, is that this man is created by God, placed into the garden, the scripture says, and that garden apparently had a connection with Lucifer in uh, uh, pre-creation times, that has uh, inflamed him. He is desirous. He is uh, determined. He's going to tempt this man, this woman. He's going to destroy what God is doing because the position uh, that at one period was related to him, and we find in Genesis 3, 1 through 6, micromirrors. All right, here's the uh, scene in the garden, and the essence of that is uh, their dissatisfaction with being created beings and their desire to be as gods. He says, you be as gods. This was the, uh, the temptation that was put out. Something's going to happen to you. It'll bring you into a dimension. You'll be as gods. You'll be independent of anyone or anything uh, else. And you'll be self-sufficient. And in those verses, we have the couching of the uh, essence of sin. This has been man's problem uh, throughout history. This is the foundation of the New Age movement. Uh, this is the foundation of many cults, is their desire to be as God. To take a place that is not theirs, to usurp a position that belongs only to God. Before we go on, maybe we've got some comment or question uh, about uh, where we've gone so far. We're moving through. 
We've gone into the ancient position of pride and how it came into the human race and, uh, and uh, how the earth fell through that. Do we have any comment or question at this, period, at this time before we move on? He's a created being. Uh, God's not a created being. Okay. Lucifer is a created being. Exactly all the nature and uh, what's involved, we don't know. We have, all, all we know is what God has given us in the Scripture. And uh, uh, so uh, he's not like us. No. Okay, this is what pride does. Okay, what she's saying is that uh, usurpation is a manifestation of that. Not being content with the position that God has placed, the structure he's placed, the place that he's placed, the calling that he's placed, but wanting to alter that uh, after our own agenda. This is what usurpation is. And this is a, this is a manifestation of pride. Uh, Jeff Brown? Yeah, and so it's rooted in power is what it really is. See, power is the buzzword of our generation. Power independent of God. Power in, in human uh, possession to do with as we will. And so that's, that's the root of the New Age movement and also uh, of much occult uh, religion. Uh, Mike Ramirez. Well, there's nothing wrong with wanting to excel. This is a, uh, this is a God-given trait uh, to achieve. This is it's the creative uh, genius that is within us. But where pride gets in is when we then begin to uh, we begin to take to ourselves prerogatives that are not ours. We begin to step over the line, and we're going to work through some of those that Carol mentioned uh, in the process of time. And then, especially, we begin to feel that we've achieved all this on our own, independently of God. And so we'll work through a little bit of that, Mike, as we go on through. But uh, to achieve and to excel, which is a, a key word, is a God-given uh, uh, gift. And, uh, and without that, you have a wimp, you have a noodle, you have, uh, you have a passive individual that uh, is an awful sight to behold. Why, if I knew that, I'd be God. <laughs> <laughs> there's one facet of that, yes, is that, is that uh, there's a structure God places us in and a calling he places us in, and uh, we need to achieve all of that. But uh, to go beyond what he has, pl- uh, the boundaries, is when we get into pride. Paul? A place is not his. That was it. I will. If you didn't hear that, he said in Isaiah 14, uh, seven times we have the statement, I will. I will, I will, and man's will uh, out of bounds is, is uh, out beyond God's desire. This is what really what lust is, is human will going beyond God's boundaries. Who is it, uh, Sean? Yeah, the, 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 which is one of the marks of pride which we move through, is that uh, uh, everybody knows a fool when they see one, but not when they are one. And it's, uh, it's a mark of pride. Is it, uh, Victor? Yes, absolutely. I have another hand over here. Okay, so let's move through a, a, a few more. This has a long history in the Bible, and I want several more scriptures. I'd like over here in this section, Joel, if you get for me, Genesis 4.19 and verses 23 and 24. I want Second Samuel 22, verse 28. Gina, I'd like Psalms 18.27. Uh, Jacob... Uh, 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 Jacob, I want Psalms 101.5. Uh, 
uh, Woody, if you will get those for us. And I want Psalms 131.1. Somebody like to get that for me. It's uh, Ralph. And so this has a long history uh, in the Bible. From the earliest uh, details, moving on from the garden, we begin to see this uh, in its manifestation. One of these is in Genesis 4.19. 23 and 24 and and Sean spoke of arrogance Uh, here we find arrogance beginning to manifest uh, in life Genesis 4 19 and 23 and 24 any man that wants two wives is filled with pride okay here's his boasting he we don't know the details of this we just have it written but uh, he uh, is in a conflict of some kind he kills a man, and now he's boasting about that, what he's going to do to anybody else that crosses him. And so here's a manifestation of pride as it's working out in the human personality. Second Samuel twenty two twenty eight. Okay, your eyes are on the humble people, but you are looking on haughty people, which is what pride is. And this is what uh, a proud look is a haughtiness. Uh, it's pride in its manifestation. In Second Samuel twenty-two twenty-eight, Psalms eighteen twenty-seven. Okay, God's going to bring down the high looks, and then uh, Psalms one hundred one five. Okay, remember we're talking about God is love, but He hates. That's a tremendous revelation to our generation. One Psalms one thirty-one verse one. Okay, so here we have it. There's many other scriptures we'll work through. So we want to examine now the essence of pride and define this. Pride is literally inordinate self-esteem. So uh, Michael talked about achievement, uh, human uh, uh, labor and achievement. What's the difference between that? And so uh, uh, inordinate self-esteem, in other words, thinking of yourself uh, far uh, greater than you really are. Conceit is another word that uh, gives us some kind of understanding, and also a disdain for others. A proud look uh, is, an ex- uh, is defined in the scriptures. Exalted eye is one of the scriptures we had here, and these who will not condescend to look on the rest of mankind. In other words, thinks of themselves as being above the common uh, lot of man. We have uh, a couple of scriptures we want to deal with there. Luke 18, 9 through 14. Somebody over here in this section, Mike Solano. And then I want Daniel 4, 29 through 37. It's uh, uh, Pete Baker. And then I want Daniel 5, 20. Uh, uh, Bear Montgomery, uh, if we could get that. So uh, here we have... Uh, this inordinate self-esteem. In other words, thinking of yourself uh, above what you actually are. Taking uh, uh, an exalted position, looking down on others, disdaining others, uh, despising others, uh, conceit, a proud look, exalted eyes. All of these are uh, descriptions of this uh, manifestation of pride. Luke 18, 9 through 14. Here's a... Uh, uh, a little teaching from Jesus. He uh, leads us into this and, and works us out, especially in religious circles. Now, remember, uh, we're talking about something that not only uh, people who are down the palace bar or uh, 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 in other forms of, uh, of uh, debauchery, we're talking about something that is very dangerous, it's very subtle. Uh, it is difficult to detect, to detect from the person themselves, but it's seen by everyone else. And uh, it is especially 
the sin of people who are religious. And so we need to pay peculiar attention and begin to examine this and spell it out. Luke 18, 9 through 14, Mike Solano. Okay, here we have the manifestation of that in church. Two men go into the temple to pray. One says, God, I'm just so thankful that I'm not like other people. That gives us some insight into a problem, doesn't it? And especially not to brother so-and-so over here. Uh, I uh, give tithes of all I possess. I fast twice in the week. And uh, uh, is so proud of his religious standing before God. This is one of the most subtle, uh, most powerful, and most dangerous uh, elements of pride is self-righteousness. To think of ourselves above what we actually are in God. We have a superior spiritual experience. We have uh, uh, knowledge that uh, other people uh, really don't understand or don't know. Uh, all of you who've done any witnesses or uh, witnessing or live for God at any period of time have run into people who are filled with uh, a false doctrine and yet they, uh, they despise anyone. They cannot grasp uh, the wonderful revelation and truth that they have. Uh, they look down on them. They're unspiritual. Uh, they uh, aren't open to God. They haven't arrived yet. Uh, they uh, are uh, carnal in their mind. They uh, uh, won't receive what God has for them. It's a horrible thing to have religious pride, and it is especially prominent in people that really do have a genuine experience with God. If you're not very careful, then the devil turns. Instead of uh, getting you to uh, into debauchery and disobedience and gross sin, then he turns that, and your sin now becomes the subtle sin of religious pride and self-righteousness. A person who is filled with religious pride is very critical of other people. Become very cynical about other people and become fruit inspectors of everybody that is in the general area. You know what a fruit inspector is? It's, a, it's like a, a buzzard uh, that circles around the earth looking for some kind of uh, car carcass somewhere and lights upon it immediately. And as a matter of fact, they see that everywhere. They cannot see uh, the beauty. They can't see the positive things. They can't see the glory. Can't see the blessing. All they can see is the false in others. And so this is what Jesus deals with. And he spells that out. Self-righteousness and religious pride. There's a couple more we want to uh, give. This is an admonition for us. Daniel 4, 29-37 is one of the famous uh, cases in history of Nebuchadnezzar. If we could have that read out loud, please. Uh, here's a marvelous repentance. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. He built one of the seven wonders of the world, which is the city of Babylon and the hanging gardens of Babylon were the marvels of the world. Uh, this is uh, in ancient history. And here we have the record. He's uh, surveying all this. He looks it over and he says uh, uh, he's uh, admiring all that his hands. And he says, all that I have built. And uh, in the same hour, voice from heaven He's uh, seized with insanity. He eats grass uh, for a bit and uh, walks on all fours uh, like a cow. And then we see him uh, repent 
And uh, at the end of that repentance, we find nothing but praise to God. God, you rule. You're right. I'm wrong. Uh, you do on uh, in the heavens above and the earth beneath. We find a marvelous repentance uh, of Nebuchadnezzar after uh, the judgment that God brings upon him. Then we have in Daniel 5, the famous handwriting on the wall uh, from pride. Daniel 5, verse 20. Uh, pride, arrogance, and mockery of Belshazzar, who's Nebuchadnezzar's son. All right, this is the son of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, you know the story. I've preached on it. Used it as an illustration a couple of times recently. And uh, he takes vessels from the temple uh, in mockery. He uh, asks that they be brought to him, drinks uh, 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 rot gut from it, gets a, a snoot full of rot gut whiskey, gets a feeling he's owes, and a, and a hand comes out of heaven, writes on the wall. And... Uh, and uh, uh, as a direct result of his pride, his arrogance, and mockery. And the scripture, Daniel 5.20 says, because of his, uh, of his uh, heart lifted up, which is what pride is. All right, let's stop right there, if we could. And so here we have the essence of pride. We're going to uh, discuss a little bit more about it, but maybe we've got some comment or some question at this point. Okay, here's a uh, self-motivated achiever, and he says that he uh, achieved a great deal in his life, began to... Uh, move ahead, he began to despise those that were around him that uh, were not achievers. And as he did that, why, uh, he began to think that he'd achieved this himself. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar's words says, you rule in the heavens above and among men. Uh, if, if we're not very careful, we begin to think that, uh, that we have worked out. We've got these processes. We've got an education. We've got, uh, uh, we've got institutions. We have all these processes. And, uh, and we have our, our destiny and our life in our own control. Nothing can be farther from the truth. I don't care how high we rise or how low we go, we always need God and we need to seek Him. That's very good, Max. Someone else? Well, the reason is that their media creations, uh, their achievement is strictly a media creation. It is not a genuine achievement. They are born with a big body. Uh, they have this or they have that. And uh, because of their natural uh, capabilities, their media creations, or their gifted, uh, 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 gifted musicians, gifted in some way, and so they've become superstars because they've been created by media. But if it was not for the media, they'd be like most other people. We, we live in a very unique generation where the media has blown everything out of proportion. And the sad thing is that these people become boastfully arrogant. It just, it, it's just, it's so irritating to even watch. Uh, the process, and they're making millions upon millions upon millions. But people who really have achieved, labored very diligently, given themselves uh, to learn uh, skills, uh, teaching, uh, and uh, studied a lifetime, uh, they're mediocre in our society. But that's very true. Very good, Bear. Somebody else. There's another hand over here. Very unique individual, Sam Walton. Drove the, his old pickup truck, flew his own airplane. Did his own traveling. He was a very unique individual. When he lost, uh, was it the, the 87 stock market crash? He lost $1.2 billion like that overnight. And he said, ah, it's just paper. <laughs> yes, amen. Uh, Jeff Brown. Well, if you, uh, if, if, if you don't uh, pray and let God give it to you, uh, then he'll bring it about another way. He'll make you walk on all fours and eat grass for seven years. <laughs> but uh, uh, 
we, we've kind of touched on something that I hadn't uh, really planned to talk about, but uh, you see, man uh, is very unique in God's creation in that he placed him uh, in the garden and uh, created him his image and his likeness and uh, placed him in the garden to dress it and to keep it. Now, th those are very simple statements to make. They're very profound. And uh, uh, there's lots of misunderstanding concerning that. And so, in God's image means that we are as God's representative. And in his likeness means that we are to serve in that position. So we represent God upon uh, planet Earth. This is man's creation. And we have, uh, we have the responsibility to exercise his uh, dominion. Now, in, in that, if you begin to think that through, it gives you tremendous balance and will really help you because uh, uh, a great many things God commits to man. He'll let man go his way. He'll let, him, uh, he, he let man fall. Uh, he's at work in redemption. But we are his representatives, and we're to exercise his authority. The most astonishing thing that I ever began to discover when I started praying for the sick individual and, and having success was in my understanding that what I did and what these people did uh, is what brought a miracle from God. God's willing to heal all the time. He's waiting, but there are certain dynamics until we stepped in to and actually believed God for the dominion he'd given, nothing happened. And so that's true in many, many areas of life. And so uh, uh, the balance uh, isn't a formula. We, don't, we can't give you a paper. God doesn't give us a paper and say, this is what the balance is. But it's worked out in the processes of life. And over that, uh, over that uh, uh, principle, uh, the Christian life is worked out to achieve what God has ordained for us and to not go beyond what God has not ordained for us. And that's the conflict. That's where demons, that's where the devil... Uh, it's constantly at work, and that's where human personality is in great danger to be exploited at that point. Okay? And so humility uh, is the opposite uh, until you're dealing with self. <clears throat> Pride functions through self-exaltation. We read that all through these scriptures. We have more that we work through. Humility is taking uh, the correct uh, uh, position before God. This is what uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, confesses out after seven years of, uh, of banishment he's uh, the verses are filled with extolling and praising God and acknowledging that he rules in the heavens above <clears throat> that he works in the affairs of men in other words the all the things that Nebuchadnezzar built he'd only built because God had allowed him to build that and enabled him to build that and gifted him to build that and so uh, 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 the, the one mistake that we make in our generation it's very profound and yet it's very uh, powerful, is that our, our destiny is within our own control and we begin to create and, and by our own manipulation, our own genius, we're going to achieve. Whether it's national, which I, is a horrible thing, uh, and, uh, or whether it's personal, or whether it's business, or whether it's institutions, this constantly is at work. Pride, humility, uh, there's a playoff between those and, and there's, there's, there's where the battle rages. Carol, anything we have comes from God. Uh, we can develop our skills. 
we can do it. But see, even our, even our giftings, uh, 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 I preached on this some time ago, is that uh, 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 people who are uh, gifted said some were shepherds. That's a gifting of God. Some were uh, artifices or brass. They, were, they could create things. They had that gifting. Others were musicians. These are gifts of God. And so you see this, if you think about that, uh, we all admire people who have a musical ability, don't we? We say, that's wonderful. Uh, the rest of us can't carry a bucket and a tune. My family does nothing but mock my my musical ability, and uh, this is a, this is a family joke. Is uh, is uh, my lack of being able to sing on note or on tune or carry a melody? Uh, but it's just not in here. That's it's not there, folks. It's uh, it's just not there. And uh, other things I can do, but that I can't do. Uh, but uh, uh, but uh, other people can. But rather than the people who can be filled with pride about what they've done, they need to understand that's a gifting of God and that goes regardless of what you're talking about. That's where uh, we take our right place. Is it Victor? Yes. And, uh, and many, uh, as you play this out, we're going to take the time to go through all the ramifications, but uh, commentators uh, feel that and that uh, this is the supreme sin of mankind and it, uh, it manifests itself in a thousand different ways. But that's the, because at the root of it is self-exaltation. See, self-enthroned is what pride really is. That was a, that was the sin of the garden, and this the uh, this caused us great problems. God says, "I want you to do this," and uh, and so we don't want to do this. So then we create ourselves a theology, right? We get us a doctrine then, and then we justify why we don't have to do this. Uh, and so that's pride, that's self-will and self-exaltation above above the will of God. Sean. But uh, th that brokenness, uh, some of it is judgment, uh, that God's judgment was Nebuchadnezzar experiencing. I saw another hand somewhere right here. Who had their hand up? Somebody. We don't repent. We're in big trouble. We're already having big trouble. Good comment. The Lord bless you. We're going to continue this uh, next Sunday. God is love, but he hates. <laughs>